0: One for three. One for three? Or yeah, one and that's two? that's what I meant. One for three. Oh, one for three. Yeah, that's what I meant. <laughs> USC, baby.
1: Hey, what's going on? Welcome to episode number 719 of Locked On Raptors for Tuesday, May the 26th. I'm your host, Sean Woodley of raptorshq.com and uh, basketball. You can find that podcast, of course, at patreon.com slash basketball with two H's. Please go subscribe there. Uh, Also, a note that the Locked On Podcast Network for the entire month of May And this show included in that is brought to you by Built Bar, which are a wonderful protein bar, the best tasting protein bar there is, builtbar.com for $10 off your first order. More on them a little later on. Uh, all right. On today's show, we are uh, finally going to dive into some of the the Rona news. We've been spending most of the last three months diving into Raptors history, having some fun lookbacks, you know, doing weird sort of concept episodes. And I think it's probably high time that we give some time and airspace to the news that is continually coming out in little fragments and sort of I don't know, like test balloons that the league is putting out. I'm not exactly sure. Why and when these things are leaking to media as they report them? But uh, there's lots to dive into in terms of prospective plans to come and return Disney World uh, one to sixteen brackets group stages apparently as of today in Kevin O'Connor's piece for the Ringer. A million things to dive into, and so joining me today to talk about all of the return plans and uh, their various levels of cursedness. It is our pal Vivek Jacob. What's up, man?
2: Not much, man. um Sun's out, able to get out and enjoy it a little bit while trying to still maintain physical distancing as much as I can. Uh, I've been able to figure out a few convenient spots for myself in this downtown core that seems to be filled with people nonstop during the day anyway. Um, But yeah, other than that, I think, you know, I feel like the weather's helped with my mood. Um, And yeah, the return of basketball is helping too. I think potentially. I think we stand on different sides um, of this right now, mm-hmm. which is why I think it's going to be fun to have this discussion.
1: It is. I'm. Uh, look, I- I'm ready to be convinced otherwise that this is a good idea and that none of these plans are. Uh, you know very very just like irresponsible and terrible i'm I'm willing to be convinced so we're gonna dive into it today um let's start off first with just sort of the main plan that seems to be out there we haven't really talked about it on this podcast i've talked about it in other spaces a million times but on this podcast it's a first so Disney World seems to be the leading candidate. It seems like the only candidate right now for the bubble, for whatever the NBA season is going to look like, whether it's the end of the regular season and playoffs, whether it just go straight into the playoffs, whether it is, as we talk about later, a weird group stage with 20 teams. Uh, we'll, we'll get into that down the line. But just in terms of general feelings on Disney World, Big V, what are your thoughts on the plans? Do you have any objections? What are your th- What's your thinking right now as they seem to have a bit of momentum behind this plan?
2: Yeah, I think I do trust the NBA from the standpoint that they've made very clear that they've been in conversations with medical experts throughout this whole process. Um, And I don't think they would go into a situation um, if the risks sort of uh, outweighed the potential reward. And I think uh, it is, I don't think uh, there's any way to have a zero risk scenario um until there's a vaccine but at the same time you know other companies are trying to figure out ways uh that people can go back to work and uh set things up for you know people to go back to some kind of normalcy and i think that's the part where i look at and for these players too like they love the game of basketball that's why they've gotten to the level uh that they have in their careers and so i think for them Uh, it is important to get out there and and play uh, and have some sort of normalcy to their lives. Mm -hmm. Um, And, and, and then from the fan fan side of it, yeah, of course fans want to see sports back. And as long as it can be done in a safe manner and you can ensure the health of everyone uh, involved, then I think uh, it should be considered a possibility. That's, you know, that's what Adam Silver and everyone else associated with coming to a decision Um, has to do and so I think I look at Orlando and I say okay if Disney they've identified that location as a place where people can uh, stay in rooms and be in a bubble uh, then that's what they need to do I do disagree with uh, potentially people being able to leave the bubble Mm -hmm. Um, that is something uh, I'm not in favor of Uh, I think you've got to minimize the risk as much as possible and so if Uh, you are going to have the players in that area, then I think they've got to be confined to that area and confined to themselves because you don't want to risk an outbreak because if someone tests positive, you don't want to then realize that, Oh no, they've also been out in public um, around other people. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. I mean, look, like you said, there's never going to be a zero risk situation here, uh, especially when people have to travel to get to these locations and are presumably going to come into contact with other people along the way. And I'm with you. Like if they can find a way to, you know, make it so the logistics of it aren't, you know, overly nightmarish and they can, you know, find a way to make it as safe as possible, then great. I just, I find it hard to believe they're going to find the logistics any kind of easy. I mean, there's going to be the matter of our family's going to get to go. We've already heard Giannis talk about like, he's not going anywhere. If his family can't go, he's a newborn dad. Um, And I think, you know, that is an entire other thing you have to consider, right? Is, okay, we have 400-something NBA players, even if we're cutting it down to 16 teams, which I think they absolutely should because there is no need to be bringing a bunch of these teams that are not in it. And, and I, like, look, we'll get into this in a second, and some of it is TV-related and everything, but like, but, like, can we stop pretending there are actually playoff races right now? Because there aren't really. The Eastern Conference, the closest team to the Magic is the Wizards. They're, like, five and a half games out. That's done. The Eastern, the Western Conference, there's three teams that are three and a half games out with like 14 games to play or whatever is left on the schedule. That's not like super easy to come over if you're the Portland Trailblazers or the Pelicans or the Spurs or whoever they're either. And so... I'm just I don't buy that like this is you have to bring everybody back to to have like a a good end of the season. Dame Miller just came out actually and said that he's not going to show up if they don't have those teams that aren't in the playoffs. And look, I don't care. like don't that's good. That's fewer people to come into this bubble potentially with their families in addition. But you know, if you have four hundred players cut that in at about half, you still have a bunch of family coming. You're gonna have you know near a thousand people probably that you have to have in this bubble when you factor in media people and team officials it's just a lot of people and that is not to say anything about the people who are almost certainly going to be forced to work and look people got to work people people are, have been laid off if you're in the hospitality industry and you work at one of the disney hotels you're probably happy you get to go make a paycheck and you know and you you know clean the rooms of nba players but at the same time If it was like a functioning country, they'd be paying those people to stay home anyway and they wouldn't be forced to come to work. And so I think those people need to be considered as much if not more than the people who are going to actually be playing the games because the people playing the games have access to healthcare and they are not worried about necessarily getting sick. It's the people who are on the sort of fringes of society and the the lower classes who are going to be forced to work at this thing too. And that is something to consider. And so the logistics are just so complex for me And I wrote about this last week for Raptors HQ, even if they can make it work and it is safe and those other workers are protected and everything like that. And they're not hogging up precious, you know, virus fighting resources and tests and they're able to do it in a sort of moral way. The product you're going to have is still going to be like a shadow product. You're going to have no fans. You're going to have very little production value outside of whatever ESPN or TNT is putting on. You're not going to have any of the pomp and circumstance, lack of crowd noise, all that stuff. It just feels like the return on the insane investment in making this thing happen is going to be kind of a, a product that after a couple games of novelty of, oh, hey, that was cool with no fans. We got to hear the, hear the coaches say what they were saying out loud. It's going to kind of just feel hollow to me. I don't know. Do you, are you worried about that? Like the experience of the game just not matching up even close to what you know the, the playoffs should be? And is that going to ruin it for you at all?
2: I have thought about it, and it won't be the same. But I think maybe it's because I've been watching the last couple of weeks of Bundesliga that I feel a bit more swayed in favor of it. Where even if it's not the same, I'd still rather watch it than nothing. And um, that, and you know, I'm definitely adamant that uh, you can't have the first game that they play be Game One of the playoffs. There's mm-hmm. got to be some sort of pre-pre not preseason, but pre-playoff games uh, just to get themselves into a rhythm um, because it sounds like there's not going to be any regular season games to do that. So Mm -hmm. um, you've definitely got to have, you know, some scrimmages with the other teams or um, some pre-playoff games where honestly that, that can even serve as a test period where you can have these games and just figure out, okay, is everything going according to plan um, are we still good to go through with the playoffs and everything like that? Uh, so, uh, yeah, I think I think watching the Bundesliga and seeing it run smoothly for the last couple of weeks has uh, definitely made me a believer that you know there is a space in which this can exist and it's not um, problematic to society. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, y- 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 I, th- I think part of what needs to be factored in is. Uh, the tests available now um, compared to the tests that will be available um, a month from now, two months from now, when this, when the league is proposing to resume uh, I think that's going to be vastly different. And so you're not going to look at that and say, okay, they're really taking Unless the numbers go back up, right? If the numbers spike back up, then, then you've got an issue. Uh, but if the numbers uh, continue to trend in the right direction then uh i think everything is sort of lining up for them to at least you know continue uh to target a a resumption in say early august yeah
1: and look, I mean, I can hand ring all I want and, you know, I don't want to sound too much like a guillotine man, but you know, like the people who are putting this on, the billionaires and the owners in the league, and even like the rich players, like they're going to get their way, I'm sure. And so we're going to get basketball and, you know, I- I'm sure they will do their best to mitigate, you know, any immorality that might be a play, but I'm not expecting a return in a bubble without some level of grossness to it or ickiness. But Assuming we are going to get basketball back, there are a few different proposals that have been thrown out there to properly or, I guess, sort of do the best they can to play out the season in a, in a way that doesn't sort of ruin the integrity of the championship and stuff like that. Uh, we're going to get into a couple of those, including the 1-16 to bracket, as well as the group stage idea that was dropped today by Kevin O'Connor. But first, I want to tell people about Built Bar, the best-tasting protein bar quite literally ever they are tasty as hell it's a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar 16 amazing flavors with a bunch more new ones including blueberry lemon which i got to get my hands on because that sounds fantastic right up my alley you've got eight chocolate nut flavors eight chocolate nut free flavors as well for those who have peanut allergies or any nut allergies and bars are covered in 100 percent chocolate soft and easy to chew built bars are great for the health conscious person lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat bars are low calorie low sugar high protein high fiber for example the peanut butter brownie flavor which is awesome has 20 grams of protein 170 calories 3 grams of sugar and 3 grams of net carbs while the mint brownie also awesome 15 grams of protein just 110 calories 4 grams of sugar Five grams of net carbs and on the whole built bars have seven times less sugar than cliff bars and they don't have that gritty disgusting t- taste and mouthfeel either mouthfeel that's a fun word go to builtbar.com and use promo code locked on you're going to get ten dollars off your first order that's promo code locked on for ten bucks off at your first of your first order at builtbar.com
0: the NBA playoffs are right around the corner and LockedOn NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: All right, Big V, let's get into this 1-16 to 16 thing. Uh... This came out yesterday. Brian Windhorst was on, I believe, SportsCenter just sort of talking things. This, uh, look, I like Brian Windhorst. He does a really good job. He's plugged in. Sometimes he'll just say things that sound like reporting, but they're mostly just like him, you know, tur- churning things up a little bit with some scuttlebutt. This kind of felt more along the lines of that. It didn't seem like it was, you know, reported out of a whole lot of deep knowledge was just sort of tossed out there as maybe he's something he heard in passing. Um, But anyway, he suggested that if the NBA is able to return in a bubble, they are thinking about potentially seeding the playoff teams one through 16 abolishing conferences just for this year and playing the bracket out that way. I have some opinions on this. What do you think of one to 16? I, people probably know from my uh, various rantings on this podcast. I don't care about conference imbalance. I think conferences are fine to good. I like rivalries. I have no problem with, you know, I'm sorry that your ninth place team in one conference didn't get in in place of the eighth team in another, whatever, who cares? Um, But I don't know. Maybe you have stronger feelings on this in terms of uh, your desire to get rid of conferences. And thus maybe that informs your opinion on the one to 16 bracket. Big V, how do you feel about this?
2: Um, I like it for these uh, playoffs just because there's no travel involved. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I think that's been the biggest deterrent to the regular playoff setting. And so uh, I definitely understand, you know, the regular concerns that uh, the board of governors and everyone involved has over having that level of travel throughout the postseason Um, and the fatigue that that could add to the players, you know, when the playoffs are so intense as it is. So uh, I I think in this setting, I I would like to see it, uh, especially now you're so open to trying new things and uh, experimenting that I would like to at least see it, um, this one to 16 seating. But I would say that um, I'm sure they have different risk projections for different, uh, for the different numbers of teams that can be in the bubble. And Mm -hmm. so, if there isn't much of a difference between having 16 teams versus 20 teams, uh, I don't like the group stage uh, idea, but uh, I would like a play-in tournament because if you are seeding one to 16, then you know, then then you've got to look at Portland and you've got to look at uh, you know the Pelicans and whatnot, and they're only a game behind Orlando or Brooklyn or whatever it may be, and so I think they. I don't think they deserve to be eliminated, in, on that, on those grounds, if you are seeding one to sixteen, so I would like to see a play-in tournament. I tweeted this uh, just yesterday. So, uh, you know, if you had those six teams—the Nets, the Magic, the Blazers, Pelicans, Kings, and Spurs—you uh, could sort of give the Nets and Magic that initial buy, and have mm-hmm. the other four teams play each other, and then play uh, the Nets and the Magic uh, to figure out who fifteen and sixteen should be. Uh, That's what I would do, and then go ahead with the playoffs. But uh, yeah, I'm definitely in in with seeing what a a 1 through 16 could look like.
1: So I have a few issues with it. First of all, the number one thing is this feels like a very, uh, not very subtle ploy to try to get an LA versus LA final, which fine. You know, they have TV interests to be worried about. Fine. If you you want to do it that way to try to get Clippers, Lakers in a finals, go nuts just at least tell us don't like act as though it's some innovative idea just tell us we want an la la final to be potential because that would be cool um i also think like i don't know if it's just that though hmm. like i don't think it's like I, I the only it, reason but just, i mean you know. it's
2: this isn't like adam silver has been pining for this for the, for a few years now so mm-hmm. I, I think now he just has the most leeway to do it. And, you know, we, we've seen in finals past, whether it be 2017 or 2018, should the finals have been Cleveland versus Golden State? No, it should have been Houston versus Golden State. And, you know, that series would have received the narrative it, would, it did deserve. Uh, you know, it ended up being just played off as a Western Conference finals and Houston didn't get it done. But, you know, how, how different is uh, James Harden's narrative if he has taken his team to two finals?
1: Yeah, I, I just I kind of like you play within the conference you're in and like that's just maybe that's like old thinking. I just think it's like I'm sorry that like if you're the Blazers or the Pelicans or the Kings, I'm sorry you couldn't win more games than the Orlando Magic during the season. But like, I, I don't know. I don't really have a lot of sympathy for you. This is kind of what's going on in the NHL too where the NHL is going to this 24-team format. Where it's like, oh, these all these teams had a chance to make it, and it's like, yeah, but they weren't even like there's some of these teams weren't even close. Like, why are we like? I know it's like a strange and unusual circumstance, so maybe you give some leeway, but it's just like in an extreme, in a strange and unusual circumstance, I'm sorry for the teams that were just out, but like you're shit out of luck. It's not like you're gonna do anything anyway. You're playing for the right to get waxed by the Lakers in round one anyway, so. That's kind of my thing with like the conference imbalance. And and also the thing to keep in mind here is the imbalance schedule. I mean – like yeah maybe you could say the nets and magic probably should have racked up more wins against the dregs of the eastern conference but like the the, conference the schedules are certainly imbalanced no one finished out their seasons there's various strength of schedules and things like that that weren't completed and if you're just throwing those four western teams in to try to take one of the nets or magic spots who by the way i'm not married to the nets or magic being in the playoffs either like take it down to eight teams i don't care um like those teams are unimportant to the to the conversation this season but it does feel a little bit unfair that you know they're playing within the context of their schedule and their conference and now all of a sudden these four western teams that again have less that wins than the orlando magic are all of a sudden in the conversation to make it in and it also kind of sucks for the grizzlies too if there's any sort of you know challenging of their spot in this because they are you know three and a half games up that's a pretty big margin this is late in the season like, they deserve to be there over the Blazers. I'm sorry the Blazers were awful for a terribly long time. Yeah, they had injury luck and all this stuff, but, like, I don't know, be better at basketball. Stop sucking. It's, like, don't like it pitch better is kind of my uh, maybe, you know, too simple reading of it all. And, and I just – when it comes to the 1-16, to it kind of feels like one of – and a lot of the things going on right now with the league and their plans is a lot of, you know – it's the Ian Malcolm from Jurassic Park thing where it's, you know, you spend all this time thinking about whether you could and didn't stop to think whether you should, like, yes, in theory, they can go one to 16 and maybe that makes it a more balanced bracket or whatever, even though both the East and West have at least six pretty good teams. But you, I think if you like actually look at the matchups that it creates, I would take maybe one of them over the current setup we would have like, let's run through these effects. So the number one, the Bucs and Magic would be the same, so that that's fine. The two fifteen would be Lakers Nets. If you're taking the Lakers first round matchup against the Grizzlies, which in theory would it would be, like that's no doubt a better matchup than Lakers Nets, correct? Yep. Yeah. Uh, Then you have Raptors-Grizzlies, which is the one I could argue that is actually better than Raptors-Nets, like, than the original one. That one would be cool. It'd be fun to watch the Raptors and John Morant, but we should probably keep in mind we're Raptors people, and I think I saw a lot of Raptors people fawning over the idea yesterday without really paying attention to the other matchups. You've got Clippers-Mavericks, which would happen anyway. You've got um, the Celtics-Sixers, which would happen anyway. Nuggets-Pacers is, like, one of the least sexy matchups I could ever possibly conceive, when you're robbing yourself of Nuggets Rockets, which sounds like it would kick a lot of ass, no?
2: Yeah, but I mean, I think the purpose of the 1-16 to is more about finishing with the two best teams as opposed to how it starts off. Yes. Um, and so I look at, again, I look at, if you can get the two best teams in the finals and have a true finals, I think that would serve the purpose of the 1-16 to and so I think when you've got, I mean, yeah, sure. the The narrative of the Cavs and Warriors and LeBron going up against that all time team is cool, but realistically, um, the Rockets were just better against them. Um, you know, save for 2016 and save for Draymond kicking LeBron in the nuts. <laughs> um, so. So yeah, I'm in favor of the two best teams getting to the finals. I I think it's a truer reflection uh, of who's been the best, and uh, I'm not as much concerned about what it looks like in the first round. I I do think, uh, you know, again, uh, you you look at OKC versus Miami. I think that's that's a really fun matchup. Um, I look at uh, yeah, okay, sure, we can say Boston versus Philly would have happened for sure, but. Hey, maybe Philly really is a first round team and so they deserve to be going out in the first round, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, but like I, I just like the things you're changing here, that the thing, like the other series you're getting, I don't think are like notably better or in some cases are like actively worse than the ones you would be getting. Like Nuggets Rockets would be such a kick ass series and you're just like taking that away so the Nuggets and Pacers can play a pretty boring series that the Nuggets would win I think pretty handily whereas like a Heat Pacers series which is what we would get sounds pretty fun to me. I, I don't know I, I think it's it's interesting and I understand the logic that you, like the Rockets argument is good. I, 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 I drive with that, but at the same time, what is the problem you're trying to address this season? The Bucks are clearly the best team in the league right now. The Lakers and Clippers in some order are probably number two and three and the Raptors are probably number four. Like you, you're, you're not fixing the problem. Like you have the two the four best teams are evenly split between the two conferences right now. And yeah, maybe you get a Lakers Clippers conference finals. But, you know, if you line it up the other way and you're hoping for a Lakers Clippers finals, there's a chance you don't get that at all. Because, look, there's some really damn good teams out there. The Bucs could easily beat the, the Clippers. We could see the Celtics beat the Clippers even. Like, the, you're making it even more unlikely that you actually get that eventual matchup. And I'm also just looking at the bracket side of things, too. And I, I just don't love the way it brackets out. Whereas in the East, you get that animus, you get a Raptors, uh, bucks series, potentially in the conference finals, the rematch, you get the Raptors Celtics series. We've wanted for how long and are just about to get it maybe. And then they go and do this. It just feels like you're fixing a problem that in this particular situation is not really there. There's no team that's missing out because the two top eight teams in each conference are in like, those are both the top eight teams in each, like those are the top 16 teams in the league. You're not, like screwing a couple very good 45 win Western conference teams this season. So like in past years, I would get it. It just doesn't make sense with the way the bracket is for this one-off thing. If you're not going to make it a full-time change, which they can't because of logistics and travel and all that. I don't see why this would be the year where it makes sense because I I would argue that the bracket and the way the conferences shake out this season, it makes
2: less sense this year than it maybe ever has in the last 10 years or so. Yeah. But I I think we're just looking at it differently where I'm looking at it from the perspective that this is something Adam Silver has wanted ever since he's become commissioner um, to just have the best one to 16 teams. And every year the pushback has been, no, the travel is too much of an issue. The travel is too much of an issue. And now it's a, it's a situation where he's looking at everyone and saying, Hey, you guys said travel has always been an issue. Travel is not an issue. So we can try it this year. So why don't we just try it? And so I don't think it's as much uh, about the teams. And, like, yeah, there is certainly appeal in having the Clippers and Lakers uh, meet in the NBA Finals. I will not deny that. Um, but, again, if Giannis and the Bucs are truly the best team, they will make it to the Finals. Uh, if the Clippers are truly the best team, they will make it to the Finals. If the Lakers are truly the best team, they will make it to the Finals. And so I think, ultimately, um, over the long term, uh, if you're looking to set up the two best teams in the NBA, I do think 1-16 to is the better way to do it.
1: Yeah, man, I'm liking this. Staunch disagreement. This never happens between us. I'm digging it big time. Uh, we can leave it there. Otherwise, we'll probably just go in circles again. But uh, <laughs> we can move on now to – look, I made point that the LA LA thing is a very uh, TV-driven thing, I think, in the minds of the 1-16ers. But the next idea, to me, is the most blatantly TV-driven thing that's been proposed yet. We'll get to that in just a second. But first, I want to tell people about Blinkist, which is one of the ultimate life hacks. It's hard to sit down and find the time to read and learn more, especially right now when, yes, you're at home, but you've got your kids to deal with. You're homeschooling, you're cooking, you're... doing Zoom calls all over the place. Your family, who you haven't talked to in six months, wants to Zoom call every week. It's tough. There's an incredible app, though, that solves that problem of not having enough time. I highly recommend it. It's called Blinkist. Blinkist is unique, and it works on your phone, your tablet, or your web browser, whatever device you want to use it on. Blinkist takes the best key takeaways the need to know information from thousands of nonfiction books and condenses them down into just 15 minutes that you can read or listen to. Successful people are well known for how many books they read. Blinkist is made for busy people like you who want to get the main points of a book quickly so you can start using that info right away. And with its audio feature, Blinkist makes it easy to finish a book during your commute, on your lunch break, or while you exercise. 12 million people are currently using Blinkist right now, and it has a massive and growing library from self-help, business health, to history books. Blinkist has the latest titles from the bestsellers list as well as the classic nonfiction titles you always meant to read but you never had time to there are so many nonfiction books with so much information maybe you prefer reading fiction but you want to get that important info from nonfiction books as well Blinkist is great because it allows you to do that in just 15 minutes via audiobook or reading it you can get all those key points you want and save time for the fiction titles you really really want to dive into for example, on, uh, in, in, among the books they have, you have Upheaval Turning Points for Nations in Crisis by Jared Diamond. You've got The 4-Hour Workweek by Tim Ferriss as well. Meanwhile, on the sports side of things, you've got Tiger Woods by Jeff Bene- Benedict and How Champions Think in Sports and Life by Dr. Bob Rattella and Bob Cullen. With Blinkist, you get unlimited access to read or listen to a massive library of condensed nonfiction books, all the books you want for just one low price. And right now, for a limited time, Blinkist has a special offer just for our audience. Go to Blinkist.com NBA to try for free for seven days and save 25% off your new subscription. That's Blinkist, spelled B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T, Blinkist.com NBA to start your free seven-day trial. And you'll also save 25% off, but only when you sign up at Blinkist.com NBA.
0: Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: All right, Big V, let's uh, dive into the made-for-TV event of the summer. A 20-team group stage for the NBA playoffs first round to decide the final eight teams. (sighs) Again, spend all this time thinking about whether you could and not whether you should. Do you uh, so basically what, what Kevin O'Connor laid out is they would basically take the top 20 teams to include those four Western Conference teams that are just on the outside of that playoff race, although not actually that close, and put them into five groups of four, I believe, is what it was, or is it four groups of five? Either way, you, I think it's four groups of five. You, you take five yeah. tiers. Uh, you know the top four teams is tier one and so on down and you divide them up the way you would World Cup groups essentially and have those teams play each other twice each for a total of eight games in the group stage and then the top two from each of those groups move on to the I guess nominal second round of the playoffs the conference semifinals or whatever it is the quarterfinals overall if we're not doing conferences Um, I, I could see the appeal of this I love the World Cup I love a group stage tournament it's great it's not done nearly enough uh in, in content as bracket tournaments are. There should be more content in the form of group stage tournaments, but uh I'm not really feeling this one, Vivek. I'll let you uh offer your thoughts on it first though. No, I don't like this
2: either. Um I don't like the idea of everyone playing each other twice. Uh, I mean, I don't know. It's like you're setting up a mini sort of divisional battle before the playoffs, and so I'm not really in favor of that. If you're going to have something sort of pre-the playoffs, then I I would be much more in favor of uh, a play-in tournament where it's just sort of single elimination, and you create that excitement. I think that has more of a buzz to it, and more sort of uh, commercial appeal than everyone playing each other twice, uh, and just FYI to Kevin O'Connor, if you're gonna have everyone play each other twice in the group stage, that's the Champions League, not the World Cup.
1: Um, <laughs> Owned him.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, he doesn't seem like much of a soccer fan. I saw him sort of uh, shitting on Bundesliga's idea of uh, playing fan audio the other day during the games.
1: That was cool. Um, that was that. That made it feel so much more like home.
2: I, I, I'm down for that. Yeah. 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 Mm. But yeah, I wouldn't expect a non-soccer fan to get it when you're hearing all these awesome team and uh, player chants. Uh, but uh, anyway, back to the group stage. Uh, yeah, I, I just don't. I just think it drags it out, and um, again, I think you're creating more of a window for uh, the risks to transpire, and. Uh, that's why if you're going to have a play in tournament, you have single elimination. And so teams can sort of get in, do their you know training camp, get ready. I understand that, you know, okay, it might suck for a couple of teams to have to just play one game. But at the same time, I think if you gave them the option of saying, hey, here's one game to get in the playoffs or two or three games that you got to win to get into the playoffs, uh, I think they would take it over not having the chance at all. Uh, Now, maybe Brooklyn and Orlando would vote against that, saying that, hey, we have a playoff spot already, so why would we vote in in favor of something that could take that away? Uh, I could see that case as well. But, uh, yeah, this group stage idea, um, frankly, if if they did make it more of a World Cup format where everyone just played each other once – I think that would at least be better, because then I think you still, uh, you know, one of the things with the World Cup is when everyone's playing each other once in the group stage, it adds that drama to each game, because mm-hmm. you know how valuable, um, you know, w- whether you pick up a point or three points, you know how valuable that is. So uh, I think by playing each other twice, I think that just drags it out way too long.
1: Yeah, look, there's a few things I understand about the idea. Like, I think the eight games gives you a bit of a a chance to, like, kind of get people back up and running, which I think is important before you get to, like, actual nominal quote-unquote playoff games. Uh, So that's good. But it also opens you up to a whole lot of weirdness because, like, if you want... Like, this is the opposite argument of the one through 16, where it's just we want the best teams with the best chance to make it all the way. If you're doing this, I mean, mm-hmm. one weird loss for a team in this eight-game group stage can totally screw up the bracketing, right? Like, if you right. end up with, like, the Lakers coming second in their group, who's to say they don't end up playing the Clippers in the second round of the playoffs? And then you're, you're totally screwed for, you know, getting that matchup as late in the playoffs as you want. You're, you're inviting weirdness, especially when it's going to be an inherently weird product anyway where there's going to be, you know, rust and there's going to be – you know, adjusting to the lack of fans and the, the the whole new sort of setup they'll be in, like it's going to invite some chaos. And look, chaos is cool if you're a fan of chaos, great. But if you're trying to not like actually award a real champion, this is by far the worst way I've heard to come up with that because you're just you're inviting just bracket fuckery <laughs> with, <laughs> with one weird loss for a team. Or hey, who's to say that like the the Raptors or something like that, or the Bucks or the Clippers or Lakers, like they're, these. Groups will be full of very good teams. Who's to say that a couple losses doesn't sewer them and then you end up with a playoffs where, you know, some of your number one seeds are gone? And that I think would not really be like if I think Kane Pittman, the host of Lockdown Bucks, made this point as well. Like, if you're trying to eliminate any desire to say there's an asterisk on on this season, which, like, I understand that. And I think the fact that all these teams will be playing through the exact same challenges and going through the same sort of gauntlet will sort of eliminate the asterisk to some degree, but if you're going to do a gimmicky tournament like this, and look, you're going to find no one who likes gimmicky tournaments more than me. Like, I'm so pro midseason tournament, and if they want to do this format in the season, fuck yeah, like, give me that. But I don't think it's a way to nominate the actual champion and it's going to just completely screw up everything. And also it just, it doesn't feel like the playoffs. If you're trying to make it feel like the playoffs, just play the freaking playoffs. The the play in tournament. I understand that you mentioned, like you want the Blazers and Pelicans and Kings to fight for the spots that the magic and the nets have. You're not going to really hear an argument from me because who cares about the magic and nets, but the magic and nets will care. And I'm sure some other Eastern conference teams will care because I'm sure some Eastern Conference teams would rather play, you know, the the Nets or the like, the, the injured Nets or the Magic than Zion's Pelicans or the Trailblazers or something like that. So it's going to be tough to get, mm-hmm. I think, a lot of buy-in. But I uh, and, and there's so just so many things that are wrong with it. The, in theory, it's cool and fun and, and tournaments. Again, like do it in the middle of the season. And if this is a test case for that, and it leads to more tournaments, then maybe I can make my peace with it. But. It just really feels like a really, really bad way and misguided way to actually like, select a real, earnest champion that people will recognize as, oh yeah, that's the champion for this season, no asterisk whatsoever.
2: Yeah, I hear that. Um, and I think that's perfectly fair. I think the one thing I was thinking about in terms of how would there be an asterisk on this season um, and how much do you weigh, okay, in 99 when the lockout was there, you know, team still had that 50 game runway before the playoffs, and 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 then the playoffs ran as usual, right? Like you had your best of five, and then the best of sevens the rest of the way. But uh, if you start to alter that in the playoffs, mm-hmm. like sure, well, one to sixteen, you change the seating. Uh, you're still playing best of seven, best of seven, best of seven. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think in that regard. You know, I, I don't see how you would put an asterisk on that. But if you, you know, start uh, these group stages and whatnot, then I think it does change uh, things, especially if, if it's just a one time change. Um, then, you know, I do see a case for an asterisk coming in. So, yeah, I, 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 I'm, not, I'm not really in favor of this group stage thing. Um, and then I look at, again, Brian Windor's wording. The fact that the, the Board of governors, it sounds like there's still some way from approving um, even the 1 to 16 seating. I wouldn't be surprised if after all this smoke, um, they just made an announcement that you know it was just going to be the regular one8 from the west, one8 from the east. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're gonna have the 16 teams uh, minimize the number of teams that need to be in the bubble and all of this is you know just here for the content right now. Hey man
1: we desperately need the content and, and look i think there's some disagreement about yeah, and we've had it in this podcast about the format about whether they should even actually be coming back and none of this is even considered the fact of you know what happens in the group stage if you know Giannis gets sick like and how do you yeah i mean at any out. stage yeah, right yeah exactly if at any point someone like gets imagine sick, what is it like how does that even like yes it's injury but it's like injury you're asking for almost yeah, well, I
2: mean, just imagine if the Lakers go all the way to the finals uh, and they're about to meet the Clippers, and then, uh, you know, heaven forbid, the LeBron tests positive. Mm-hmm. Then yeah. what do you do? Are you going to, is everyone, do you just stop the playoffs right there and say, okay, we're going to quarantine for two weeks and then come back and play the finals? Mm-hmm. Or do the Lakers now have to play without LeBron? Um, so, yeah, that concern is going to run right from day one of tra- training camp of when these teams report. Uh, and so I think, yeah, it's, it's just the, the longer you extend this, the more you open the window for uh, different things to happen. So again, even even with my preference for a play-in tournament, I totally get if the, if, if the science says, hey, 16 teams versus 20 teams, Uh, that is just a completely different sort of risk projection and it's not worth it. And so, okay, that's fine. You just go ahead with the 16 then.
1: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And hey, like again, there's been some disagreement here, but I think overall NBA fans should be happy that the people running their league are not the NHL. Uh, and the people running that league, because that league is uh, a rudderless mess, and all of their ideas are insanely bad, and they keep going forward with all their <laughs> insanely bad ideas, so uh, glad the NBA at least is throwing some things around, and it, again, probably more likely than not, we'll settle on something resembling a regular playoffs, whether they get some regular season games in for TV reasons, I'm not sure, and that you know that's a big consideration too, but um you know if, if people like literally are going to come out and say i'm not playing if i can't make the playoffs then that might make that difficult but we'll we'll continue to talk about this i'm kind of almost nostalgic out in terms of like looking back on old Raptors stuff i'll probably do a uh, a dramatic reading of the uh the finals in the book uh, we the champs very soon but other than that we're gonna i think probably gear up and talk about this stuff quite a bit in the coming days and weeks so get ready for that uh Vivek, thanks so much for coming on, man. It was great to disagree with you for once in our lives. It was wonderful. Uh, What do you have to plug?
2: Oh, man. Um, What do I have to plug? I interviewed uh, Penny Alexiak, so look forward to that story on Complex soon. Um, Yeah, just trying to keep busy with Complex and put out as many stories as I can. So just look out for my content on there. Uh, You can follow me on Twitter at VivekMJacob. Uh, I do have one question for you before you go. Yeah, what's um, up? Maybe one thing that we didn't address. Um, do you which, which which format do you think uh, suits the Raptors better, the the one to sixteen or uh, the just the regular? Uh,
1: I think the 1-16 to 16 brackets probably a little easier minus the LeBron and the conference finals thing, uh, which we know uh, right. doesn't go terribly well most of the time. Um, I think both are, you know, I, I'm so, like the Raptors are one of the teams I'm most intrigued by because they're like kind of old, but also were t- terribly injured and I'm not sure how they're going to ramp back up and get up to full speed and how long that'll take, but you would think that their like chemistry and all that would be able to translate. And I also think Nick Nurse in this compressed sort of weird situation is going to come up with some stuff and, you know, giving him three months to just like come up with ways to destroy Giannis sounds pretty cool to me Uh, and probably pretty (laughs) terrifying if you're Milwaukee. And so like, I think coaching will really matter quite a bit. And so it doesn't really matter to me, the setup, I think the, they're, they're going to be, you know, one of the favorites to go to a conference finals either way. Um, it's just slightly different. Instead of playing Giannis in the conference finals, it's playing LeBron, and that's difficult both ways. I I think their second-round series would be comparable between Denver and and Boston, if those were the two uh, sort of potential ways they could go. Uh, Their Mm -hmm. first-round series, like they'll beat both the Grizzlies and Nets. I would rather watch the Grizzlies than the heinous Nets, but, um, yeah, I think they'd be fine in either situation. What about you?
2: I uh, I actually think... um... The regular format suits them just a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do think I'd rather face <laughs> uh, the Bucks than the Lakers, if I'm being perfectly honest with you, in the conference finals. Uh, but I will say the, the prospect of facing the Nuggets without their home court advantage and without the altitude, um, I think that is a matchup that favors the Raptors pretty healthy. I mean, we don't know how anyone's going to respond to these situations playing yeah. you know, without any fans or anything like that. But I, I do think that does takes, you know, in terms of the teams that would most hurt, I think it would hurt a Denver who wouldn't be able to play at home. I think it would hurt a Philadelphia who wouldn't be able to play at home because um, clearly they're a different team when they can get that crowd to rile them up for good or uh, bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll dive more into the matchups and stuff like that as things crystallize too because that's going to be fascinating stuff. Uh, Vivek, go read uh, his stuff at Vivek M. Jacob, the Penny Alexiac thing. Can't wait to read that. Um, you can find me at Woodley Sean. Subscribe to rate, review, all that good stuff wherever you get your podcasts. It's much appreciated when you take the time. Um, also go to A uh, Basketball on patreon.com slash Basketball with two H's. It's uh, $4 to subscribe. And once we get to a 30-patron threshold, we're going to start doing bonus episodes over there. So please uh, consider chipping us a few shekels over there. And uh, that's about it. Go read the thing I wrote last week for Raptors HQ about how I think it's all a very doomed and bad idea and I want mascots and if we're not going to get them damn it I don't want basketball and uh, you know other various me related stuff over there on HQ uh, as we move on here in the next little while. That's going to do it. Thank you so much for tuning in. We will talk to you again on Wednesday or Thursday probably at some point uh, with another episode of Locked on Raptors.